The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, this is Alexis Haynes, and welcome to Recovering from Reality, where I illuminate the messy and magical path of coming home to yourself. Whether you're on the road to recovery, seeking self-care techniques for surviving the capitalist machine, or just need a moment to remember that you're not alone in your loneliness, we're serving up the ultimate truth. Your challenges don't define you. How you deal with them does. So are you ready to recover from reality? You know, I didn't leave my divorce with a massive uh, paycheck. I didn't. I almost went bankrupt last year. You know, I was in an eight-year law case. Everything I built and have today, I built myself. That was a quick clip from this week's episode with Caroline Stanbury. She hosts the podcast on Dear Media, Divorce Not Dead. And I thought she'd be a perfect guest for us this week because one, she is a reality TV star. And I know many of you guys love reality TV. She was on Bravo TV's Ladies of London a few years back. And now she's on the new show, Real Housewives of Dubai. I actually can't wait to check that franchise out and see what it's all about. We are diving into Caroline's experience of uh, going through a divorce, being a single mom, and we're talking about her new love life. She's recently remarried and about our journey towards healing so eventually we can get back to that place. I personally don't know if I'm ever going to want to get remarried again um, after everything that I've been through over the last six months. Um, But never say never. And I'm trying not to be a cold-hearted bitch who is going to be down and out forever on the idea of love and relationship and marriage. Uh, So we'll see. I think it just probably takes some time. But this week's episode is great. And if you want to follow along with uh, Caroline, you can on Instagram at Divorce Not Dead Podcast and on Instagram at Caroline Stanberry. I hope you guys love this week's episode. I'm sending you all so much love. And until next week. Thanks for joining me today. Congratulations on your new show. I was just reading up about that this morning. How does it feel to be back on reality TV? Well, it's only episode one. So, and I haven't been in the States. So it feels good. Like the reaction's been amazing, but I don't live where it's aired. So, I mean, you know, I'm excited to come to the States and see everyone else's reaction to it. I love that. Yeah. When my show ended in 2010. I said I would never go back to reality TV. I didn't have the greatest experience. But now, almost a decade later, I could kind of see myself doing it again, which, you know, was a shock to me to to think about that. But I think that it can be used for a more positive thing these days. Like, I think reality TV over the last decade has really changed a lot. And I think that it can be a really a wonderful thing. And so I'm glad that you're having a fun time and that you're you're enjoying it. Oh, don't get me wrong. It's really, mm-hmm. really difficult. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a double-edged sword and it's not as easy as people think. You know, so uh, I equate it to pregnancy. 
I always say you hate it while you're in it. And then after you've had it after a bit, you know, you're like, okay, I could do that again. (laughs) I agree. And also like pregnancy, you kind of get amnesia and forget how actually horrible the labor is. (laughs) And then you want to do it again. Absolutely. That's it. What do you think are some some of the like misconceptions that people have around reality TV? Yeah, because I think a lot of people don't think that it's work and it indeed is a lot of work. It's a full time job and it's not a glamorous one. So, you know, you've got to remember you have hair, you have makeup, you have scheduling, you have your normal life. Like, I mean, it's not like it pays you so well from day dot that you can just put your feet up for the rest of your life and go, okay, I'm a reality star now. I'm not doing another job. No, it's your normal life. So you better be doing your your own thing. And you have to plan your schedule way ahead, which is really hard for people. It takes, you know, I, I say I have a huge team of people, luckily, that work for me. I don't know how you do this without that because the scheduling alone is another job. And then, you know, everything that goes around it, as I said, it's it. And, and it, also, you better have a strong marriage because, you know, and I understand why so many people, reality stars get divorced because, it is so hard to leave your work at the office, as it were, because your home is the office and your lives are picked apart by people that you you don't know who love to sort of tell you what to do with your life. And, you know, they're, they're, they're pretty harsh. They're pretty harsh. People are very, very cruel. And I think, you know, I always find it amazing that they think that they're um, allowed to have these opinions on my life, that they've they've never met me, never met my children, never been to my house. But I guess that's the thing that you have to, the pill you have to swallow, really. I think that people also don't understand that in each 40-ish minute episode, right? Because it's only, it only really comes down to about 45 minutes once you put in all the commercials. That is several days, if not a full week of filming. So it really gets condensed down into this short little episode and things can easily get taken out of context and be edited in a way that make it seem like there's something that they actually weren't. And that was really hard for me. For housewives, it's pretty, they don't really edit it. So it's not something it was. Our stories have to remain the same and true to true to ourselves, right? Because otherwise it doesn't make sense when we're doing, you know, the confessionals and all that. We have to feel like it, it, hap- it went down the way it happened. But I do find yeah. that, you know, when we have the things like the trailers and things like that, that can be very difficult for us because the trailers are definitely just, you know, a snapshot of a part where you could be screaming at someone. It looks like somebody else but it wasn't that person. And it's not until then that any anyone understands. Like it, it's a clickbait, right? But it's, it's a vi- visual clickbait. And you yeah. still get the shit for that. People get very involved very quickly. But we genuinely, the story is the way the story went. People can be dumb. They can be lessened, I suppose, not as harsh as it came across, which was maybe your reaction could have been less. But genuinely, I mean, for, for my experience, it's always been... I always say the camera doesn't lie. It didn't lie for Mm -hmm. us. You may not like what we saw. And there's a lot of times I went, God, I wish I hadn't reacted like that or I wish that hadn't happened. But, you know, genuinely, it's us, unfortunately. (laughs) And you're doing all of this as a mom of three kids, too. That is a full-time job in itself. And so going back to, yeah, that our plates are super full and that 
you know, just because you're on reality TV or have a podcast or working in media doesn't mean that it's all just like easy breezy. And I and I know that being a mom myself is a lot. And then doing everything else, it's like it feels like kind of the weight of the world is on me. I don't know how your custody or arrangement is with your ex, but I have primary custody of my kids. And God, many days I feel like I'm drowning. I, I, it's a lot. Being a mother is really, really hard. You have two children, right? Yours are nine and six, if I'm correct. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that that's a very tough age because they they're specific they're very needy. They really need your attention specifically. And it's and they're and uh, and also because they're so different in age, they need different things, which is even harder. So it's not like you get to go, okay, let's go and do this. And every, and both of them are happy because they're not. They're at different ages. They have to do one thing with one and one with another. So it's very, very difficult. I completely understand that. I'm 50-50 with my ex. But again, I'm the mother. So I end up I do all the arrangements like, you know, if they're going to birthday parties and they need all their, you know, gifts for their friends or they want their birthday parties done or they need clothes or they need anything. I'm the one that does it. I do all the scheduling. I do all the everything. But again, I'm extremely blessed to work hard enough that I've always worked myself and that I can afford to have this team of people around me to help me, which I've built from nothing myself, you know, which if they understand that if I'm free to do the things that I can do, I, they get paid and my kids are happy. You know, I can do my podcast. I can do my, you know, be my brand ambassador. I can do my TV show. And, you know, the more, the more that they take off me. So we, it, it kind of, my, my house runs like a machine and, mm. you know, and I, I try and get everything done for the week, including menus for the children, because I do all their school food. I do all their, you know, we do menus p- per week, all their after school activities so that at least I can get them out of the house till I, till I get home to a proper time. And then, you know, the, the children, are, I'm very, very blessed in the fact that I've, I've always, always worked. I think, you know, even when my twins were born, I had them delivered to me under my desk, you know, so that I could just continue because I was in the middle of building a very big company at that stage that you just couldn't, I didn't, I, I worked for myself. I couldn't take maternity leave, you know, who was going to fill in. So, you know, I was the CEO. If I go who, you know, everything goes. So, you know, I think they just have always, always been used to see mummy work. And I want to instill that on in them that it just, it isn't easy. And also today that is life. You know, we, there isn't this like one income uh, family that anymore. does not exist anymore. It does not. Yeah. And women do go to work and you're not going to meet this knight in shining armor that's just going to here. here's my credit card and do whatever you want for the rest of your life. Again, very dangerous situation to be in. So I hope, you know, women like yourself and my, me, you know, you, you can, should be proud. And I know it sounds, seems like you're drowning right now and it really is hard, but children, you know, you can only need to do the best that you can do. And tr- children mm. are incredibly adaptable and they understand that you're doing the best that you can do. And I always feel guilty, but then I'm like, you know, the, the I feel guilty for my time because I don't have as much time to give them, but I've taken time off now. I'm going to take my daughter for a week away, just me and her after her exams. And then I'm taking my son away and I've separated them like that. And that's all you can do. I, and except pat yourself on the back for, for being able to do all this. Like literally pat yourself on the back because if you don't, no one else will. 
Quick break from today's episode to talk to you guys about Coterie. If you have a baby with sensitive skin or even eczema, you know how difficult it is when they develop diaper rash. Enter Coterie. Coterie diapers and wipes are made with the most gentle and safe materials to keep your baby comfortable and at ease. With all of the questionable materials and baby products these days, parenting can be scary. You want to keep your baby safe and protected without sacrificing their comfort. Coterie is the highest performing diaper on the market for infants and toddlers with up to two times more liquid capacity and up to four times faster moisture wicking versus other brands. Your baby stays drier longer and Coterie parents report fewer nighttime changes, which can lead to better sleep quality, not just for you, but for your baby too. Coterie diapers are made with clothing grade materials, giving your baby a cashmere-like feel so they're comfortable for longer day and night wear. They are dermatologist tested and only use the cleanest ingredients plus coterie wipes are national eczema association approved i know that i got gabby my sister hooked onto these diapers she plans on using them with her newest baby that's due in the next couple of weeks right now coterie is partnering with my podcast to offer you 20 percent off your first order plus free shipping at coterie.com slash reality that's coterie spelled c-o-t-e-r-i-e.com slash reality for 20 percent off and free shipping coterie.com slash reality Hi, I'm Claire Mazur. And I'm Erica Cerullo. We're the co-hosts of a podcast called A Thing or Two. It comes out every Monday and the basic premise is this. We share all the stuff we think more people should know about. So that's apps, recipes, books, the nationwide haagen vanilla bean shortage that nobody else was talking about. Our no, one. Pref- no one. No <laughs> one. Our preferred vacuum brands of which we have multiples and critical explorations of our unique approaches to paper towel usage. Listen, we think you're going to like it. A lot of people do. And who's to say you'll be any different? Listen and subscribe wherever it is you listen and subscribe to podcasts. Yeah, I've also had to learn how to make adjustments too, which is hard. Like... I realized that, you know, you're talking about the things, the lessons that we're instilling in our children by modeling behavior. And one of the things that I realized that I need to model is that I'm making lots of sacrifices in my life right now, and they're going to have to make sacrifices too. And so I had to have that conversation with my oldest daughter. My littlest doesn't really understand it yet, but my oldest daughter was a competitive dancer and not just on the competitive team, but she also did solos and had privates. I mean, she spent about 20-ish hours a week in her studio dancing. Plus every weekend we were gone at competitions, nationals for 10 days. It was such a huge commitment that I had to sit her down and say, listen, I know that you love this, but this is taking too much from me and from our family life. And there's no space for us to take a family holiday. There's no space for us to have play dates anymore. There's no space for us to do all of these things. And as a result, your sister is suffering and so am I. And so we need to adjust this. And and, and that was hard as a parent. You're like, oh, my God, I want to give my kids the world and everything that she wants. But at the same time, I have to teach her these tough lessons. And that is not easy. The mom guilt was so real, but I was like, this is just not sustainable anymore for us. It's very difficult. My, my best friend who lives in LA, her daughter is actually, she has two daughters. They're competitive dancers. 
I absolutely hear you. She is away every single weekend doing this. I actually have no clue how she manages at all. It down to the, the costumes, the spray tans, the traveling across town and the kids, they, they, the, the daughters train six hours a day. And, and then, you know, from school to dance class. I mean, I, I, I agree, yeah. but I mean, there's two trains of thoughts. Very, very difficult. Again, I don't know what's right, what's wrong with something like this. Or, you know, how you get around something like that, because on the other hand, it's beautiful that she had a passion or has a passion, you know, such an yeah. amazing book because to get some, a, a young girl to sort of focus and have a focus is so hard in itself. And I think a lot of times children find that one passion is such a release for them. And, mm -hmm. you know, and that's, if that's her calling, I wonder if there's another way around it that someone could help out to get her at places or one of the other mothers on the team could help get her there to do it so that she didn't have to give up her dream too. You know, it's really yeah, difficult. Well, we're just switching. What we're going to end up doing is I, I said to her, let's try one year of just taking classes, but not competing and see how you feel. Because if you're, if you still can take as many classes as you want during the week, I'm fine with that. But it's being gone and traveling almost every single weekend. And for, you know, long stretches of time for nationals and these bigger competitions that were just like killing me. So I, I said, you know, let's do a year where you can ta tailor the classes that you want to take. And we don't have to do the competitive team. And if you hate it, we'll consider it next year. But we've got to try something else for this year because it is just, it is a lot. And I will say too, those competitive teams, and this is just my experience, you know, my daughter is a straight A student and she's in GATE, which is the basically like AP classes for younger kids. And she's, she's incredibly smart. But the, the stress, too, of keeping up with her schoolwork and her homework after she comes home from dance at eight o'clock at night sometimes and she's exhausted and melting down and crying. And I'm like, we have an hour of homework to do. So sorry. And we're up until like 930. And I'm like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> like, this is not good for either of our mental health at this point. It is a lot. I would love for my listeners, I'm obviously going through a divorce right now. And so I would love to dive into like your experience and also your new marriage. I I was saying when I recorded your intro, which I recorded prior to sitting down with you, that I have a little bit of like a cold, grinchy heart right now. I'm like, I'm never going to get remarried. And so seeing you blissful and looking at your social media and, and seeing you get remarried, it kind of was like, oh, maybe it's possible. But I'm still kind of like, oh, never again. <laughs> oh, I think every everyone feels like that. I certainly didn't come out of my marriage going, whoop-de-doo, I'm going to get remarried straight away. Please God, you know, I was, I, I was, I've, I've got my kids. I'm like you, I, I'm working, you know, the, I knew that the person that came in was going to have to be my cherry, not my cake, just the fun, mm. you know, what Kim K just said that she was down to fuck. I think, <laughs> I think that's where you start. Honestly, that was literally my current relationship. I was like, I'm literally just down to fuck. Like, yeah. that's no, nothing else. And, and, and the weird thing is, you'll probably end up with that guy. <laughs> that's, that's what happens. And that's yeah. the truth, I think, because because we are so relaxed and, you know, 
I think we, other women put so much pressure on marriage and what it means and we don't need anything. And that's the great thing. Like whatever you've learned in the last, what, however long being a single mother, you now know what you want and what you don't want. So, you know, I, I, I think going with the attitude you have now, you just have to be open to it. I wouldn't look for it. Like I was never looking for it. Sergio was a happy accident. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very lucky that it's, it's, it's turned out the way it has, but it could have gone the other way. I mean, I kept Sergio a secret for nearly a year because I also, because of his age, didn't think it was going to go anywhere. You know, I really just thought it was fun. And I, at the point of having been married as long as I have and all the responsibilities I've had and you have, like the last thing you'll want is anything complicated. I just wanted to go and sort of, you know, wander around Bali and look at waterfalls or I don't know, all the stupid stuff that you forget in a marriage because you're too busy looking after the kids and doing dance practice. There you are. And you forget each other. So we, you know, we had champagne baths and like, you know, just crazy stuff that was just completely for us and nobody knew. And that I think was an amazing part of our relationship. And for whatever reason, as I said, I'm with the age and everything else on paper, we shouldn't work, which is why we get so much judgment. But it does work. And he's my best friend. And, and at the end of the day, whatever my marriage looks like to the outside world, you know, for now, it's really, really working. And if it doesn't, in, this is still here. No, <laughs> if it doesn't later, that's all right, too. I'm very, very relaxed yeah. about these things. Yes, I love that. What was dating like as a single mom? That's, re that's really been a huge adjustment for me. But you see, I think, uh, you know, uh, there's a few things that you do that I'm just listening. And I, I said this to Kat Sandler. You, you straight away, you start everything with a, with a negative. Like I'm a single mom is a very hard sentence, you know, when you put it out there. And, you know, actually your life is your choice, right? I think you have, you are a single mom, but it's not defining of you. It's not who you are. You happen to have children, but you know, who, who are you as a person? Who is Alexis? You're not just a single mom. And, you know, outside of the children, I'm sure you've got a lot of things going for you and you're really, really fun to be around. And I think that, you know, when you go into a relationship and you sort of just go, well, I'm a single mom. So then the guy gets all this pressure of like, oh my God, I'm just going to have to do everything for her because, you know, and, and, you know, and, and I'm going to have to just be careful with her because her emotions and her this, and that's not who you are from what I've read. And when you get to do onto my podcast, I, I want to do a very bit different because you, you sound like a badass bitch. So, you know, <laughs> I don't think that anyone yeah. needs to take care of you. No, I certainly don't. But I guess my question was more like this, like the balancing dating and being a single mom has been an interesting experience for me. I think that I am someone who really likes to handle it all myself. You know, like I'm like, I don't need help. I don't need help. And now I'm finding myself having to go and and maybe I do need to build up a little bit more of a team around me. But now having to ask people for help, like, oh, I'm wanting to go on away this weekend and I'm going to need help where I'm like, I'm the type of person who just wants to handle everything myself. Me too. And so having to have that adjustment piece of like, okay, you can actually only take on so much and you need to learn how to reorganize so that way you can get your needs met and to make that time to date and to explore and to be open to having those 
fun experiences and, and to doing it without having like any kind of that guilt. And I think maybe I do. I feel that like guilt of like, I should be with my kids right now. I shouldn't be in Santa Barbara at this, you know, lunch in Montecito. No, that's literally where my mind goes. Guilt only holds you back. I'm somebody who wanted to do everything themselves, everything. And I understood that you need to, you can't do everything yourself and you certainly can't do it well. So how are you the best to everyone? Okay, look, you can't be in 57 places. If you've got to run your business, you've got to run your business. My business comes first, above my kids, above everything. Because if I don't have my business, I I can't feed my kids. I can't pay my rent. I can't do all of these things. So unfortunately that, you know, and sometimes if you're a visual person, maybe putting it on a board will help you, right? Then I don't know what family you have around you in LA or friends, but, you know, taking self-care is the most important thing because if you burn out, I always say selfish is a new black. Like I take time for myself because I can't be, so I've got my business and I've got me because if I'm not happy and I'm not taken care of, first of all, I can't do my job. I'm going to burn out. My kids again will be unhappy. So all of these things that we've put thought to ourselves, kids first and everything else below, it doesn't work like that. Unfortunately, it doesn't and it can't, especially when you're a single mom. You have to put yourself first. You have to put your business first because those are the things that sustain all the, you know, your kids in the end of the day. And the dating life, you've got to have, you've got to have a sexual life. You've got to have a life. Okay, so you can't bring, and that is difficult. So if if you, you, you don't have a half, like, I, I was having sex when my kids were at my, par- at my parents, at my ex-husband's house. You know, it was one week, mm-hmm. one week. I don't know your setup. So, I mean, I just yeah, figured out no, my dates. I have them. Uh, he, I have them. He only gets them every other weekend. Lucky him. So he sees them. I mean, <laughs> ridiculous. He sees them about six days, a, six days a month. Okay, well, you know, the only thing you can do is either you have to go to their house, unfortunately. It was annoying because you don't want to bring <laughs> random men home. No, which you can't do, obviously. It, it, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a difficult, delicate dance, isn't it? But, you know, or you, you get your parents into to babysit or someone to sleep over when you're going. But again, you have to factor it in. You can't not date because the longer you yeah. don't date, the more undateable you become. And then you, you have this narrative that I am a single mother and I just can't right now and everything's on top of me. It just, it snowballs into this thing of like that you, you tell yourself every day and you believe it. And I understand because, but it, it's like a, a switch. You just have to switch it in your head. You know, Mm -hmm. I didn't leave my divorce with a massive paycheck. I didn't. I almost went bankrupt last year. You know, I was in an eight-year law case. Everything I built and have today, I built myself by pushing myself. I, you know, and I just went, I don't know if I can afford this house, but I'm going to take this house. And then I don't know if I'm going to get this job, but I got, you know, I got that job. And I just went out and did it myself. And I think, you know, I, I want to tell you that because I think people just think that I was born with a silver spoon in my mouth, which I was, but I had money and I lost money. And all of these things and last the last few years was a very bad year for me, few years for me, but I've done it again. And I've done it again because I've got, you know, my mate next to me who, I mean, he helps me as in, you know, more than financially with the children, you know, he's a lot younger than me, so he can't like do my lifestyle, but he can help me in every yeah. other part of my life. He can be, you know, he can, you know, if I asked him to take my daughter to nationals right now, he would. 
you know, mm. and that's amazing. And if you look for your friend and your partner like that, that you can just spread things out. I'll be like, I'm doing two podcasts tonight. Can you take my sons to football? Can you pick my daughter up from here? And he does it. He really does it. That's so wonderful that you have a supportive new partner. Yeah. I think that that's a big adjustment. I think becoming a stepfather is a big adjustment, especially when you don't have kids previously. And it's wonderful to see a man really step in and treat those kids like they're his own and to be, you know, a loving and supportive partner. It's incredible. I think and, and a gift. Taking out the scary, like I never introduced him going, kids, this is your new dad. No. <laughs> and like, oh my Sergio, God, no. you're, yeah, you're going to be the, you know, here's your new kids. I just said, you know, make, yeah. they've got a dad down the road, you know, like make them your mate, mm. your friend. And the thing is, his, their father is, you know, a little bit older than me. Mm. So Sergio's the fun one, right? Sergio does the stuff that I don't want to do. You think I want to go skiing on the weekend. <laughs> I don't want to go to the football. I don't want to go swimming. I don't do any of this stuff. And so he does it with them and he actually loves it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a bit of a different dynamic, but yeah, it, yeah it, it's wonderful when a man steps in and, and doesn't, you know, doesn't fear that, which I think is a, a really beautiful, a beautiful thing. So you, you just finished wrapping up. Are you done with the whole first season of Real Housewives? Every, all of the filming is done? We're done, done. Yes. It's very exciting. Oh, just, just, wonderful. I've got the, just got the reunion now. Wonderful. Well, I am so looking forward to watching that and Listening to you on your podcast gave me a lot of hope as I was going through this. I think it's uncharted territory. For me, I personally like never thought that I would get divorced. We were together for 11 years and married for 10. It happened really suddenly and was a major shock to my system. And I think, you know, ha using your platform to kind of rip the Band-Aid off and illuminate like hey, divorce is not the end of the world. It happens. It really says nothing about who you are as a person. And you can build like a big, beautiful life that maybe looks a little bit different, but that's okay. Um, it, it's been a real light in my life. And, and, and I don't really have any divorced friends. So, you know, having places like podcasts and books and things like that to go to, have been, has been really helpful for me. And I, oh, this is what I wanted to ask you. Going through a divorce like publicly, so hard. I know for me, it's been a real challenge to, you know, people weren't expecting it. Everyone had opinions about it. It was a really wild experience. And so I guess I, I would ask you like, how do you, you know, keep your head up in those moments and, you know, shut out the noise and just focus on your own healing when you're going through that? Well, first of all, let's just go back to what you said, Alex, you're 30 years old. I mean, I'm very like, I'm absolutely devastated for you just listening to you because, you know, I see that you're still in pain about it and mm -hmm. you're 30 and this is just the beginning. Like really <laughs> just the beginning. You should be standing on the table right now, kicking up your heels going, oh my God, you know, this is just the start. <laughs> like, you you know, really. And you'll get there. And I know you don't see it right now, but you're going to get there. And when yeah. you get there, you're going to go, what the fuck was I thinking? 
because <laughs> you're too young to to feel this way. You're gorgeous. You've got two beautiful children. You're 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 done. You're settled. You're like you're you're living. And you know, I think that there's just this terrible, terrible connotation around divorce. Like, you know, oh my God, your life is over. No, it's not. It's just started. It is just mm-hmm. fucking started. You have. You're 30 years old. You, you know, killing the game right now. From well, from what I've seen, you've been through. This is very, this is minor. And, you know, <laughs> at the end of the day, it shows your strength because leaving something that at this age isn't serving you, really isn't serving you. It's not going to get better. You've been, you've already had. To, I agree. How, how long? Tw- I got years. married when I was, I got married when I was 20. Yeah. We've been together 11 years. We were together 11 years, married for 10. And I agree with you on that. Like I had this moment where I was like, oh, this isn't going to change. And how long am I going to stay in this marriage? Hoping that it does until I'm 36, 37, no, and it 38. And most like, when people does it don't end? leave. They don't leave because it's convenient and you know it. And so congratulations for starting your life earlier than most people do, because it takes most people another five to six years. And, you know, marriages weren't meant to be forever. They weren't. They were when we died at 50. We're dying at 100. You know, it's not meant to be. I can't bear words like sacrifice. I don't believe in sacrifice and, you know, compromise and, you know, and all of these things. It's like, no, live and let live. Because if you're with the right person, the right person wants you to do your best. They don't, you don't have to sacrifice your life if you're with the right person. Doesn't, it doesn't even sound right. How can you call a marriage fucking sacrifice? It drives me, it makes me so angry. If you feel like you're sacrificing something, fuck off. You know, it's like, you know, go, just go, goodbye. And, and there's someone that will want to be there. There is, there really is. You just have to have a very positive attitude. No one wants miserable. No one wants a pity party. Friends don't want a pity party. So why would the lover want the pity party? Sergio doesn't see my children as as baggage. He sees it as great bloody fun. He gets Mm -hmm. up in the morning. I find him in bed with my son talking about, you know, where they're going to go today. And they're like, off. And they go off and, you know, to Starbucks and they put the roof down on the car and off they go. It's not even about me. I'm not even invited. You know, he actually sees it. He's like, I couldn't live without this crazy, you know, mm. and, and it's just finding the right person. And if somebody doesn't see your beautiful family like that, that's the wrong person next. And just keep yeah. doing that. As for what other people say, you know, it's more comfortable for people to feel sorry for you, to feel like, you know, you've done something wrong or he's done something wrong. Everybody asked me what went wrong in my marriage. Nothing. Absolutely nothing went wrong, except I just woke up and went, this isn't enough. I'm not happy. I'm like Mm. literally sleeping on the edge of a bed with my foot on the floor. You know, it doesn't make any sense. Why am I doing this? You know, I'd rather be on my own. And once you make, you just do it, do everything for you. Don't worry about other people. Shut out the noise. Are they going to pay your bills? Is that your mother speaking? If it's not your mother, and even if it was my mother, to be honest, I wouldn't listen. My mother was like shocked when I came home with a, you know, a 24 year old. So, you know, don't listen to anyone. I, I can't believe actually, again, going through what I'm, I'm reading, you've been through that people could actually get to you like this. You know, you need to be rhino skin. They shouldn't even be allowed to get that close to you. Well, I think that I am just a very sensitive soul. And I think I'm going through it right now. I just, I'm feeling very, I'm going through it. Like I'm feeling raw. I'm feeling abandoned. I'm feeling, because it wasn't my, I think it's a little bit different. Like it wasn't my choice to leave. 
It wasn't my choice. Like I wanted to fight for it and he didn't. And so I'm just really going through it right now. And I know that I'll make it through the other side of it. And I think for me, it's like building up that resilience after everything that I've been through has been a process. And that process looks sometimes like, you know, you're a little bit of depression and and kind of just like sitting in it and and it's uncomfortable and and but there's like lessons and great gifts there and I think that you know at the end of the day everything in my life that has transpired has been a gift and I'm looking at this as a gift too it's a gift for me to see how resilient I am, how strong I am. Actually, you know, I, I just moved. We sold our the home that we were living in together. I got a beautiful home, furnished it, you know, did, redid my kids' bedrooms, the whole thing. And my kids were at their dad's the other night, which was like the first time since we were in the new house that, that they were over there. And I felt really, I had this overwhelming feeling of immense gratitude at the end of the day for the whole experience and towards myself for being resilient and strong and for walking through this with like grace and dignity and for not turning bitter and angry towards him, but instead going, you know what? That's his choice. And what am I going to make of this? And as I looked around my beautiful new home, I was like, I made something really great and we're going to build new memories here and it's going to be a great time. And so I am feeling hopeful. I think I'm just also still dealing with like a little bit of shock and grief and all of those things that are coming in waves, but it is going to be okay. And again, like I said, I'm grateful that there are women who are out there who are talking about this publicly and who are thriving and who have made it on the other side of this and who are living their best lives post-divorce. Yeah, I think it's a wonderful thing. Thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, Where can everyone follow you online? Caroline Stambry on Instagram, Caroline underscore Stambry on uh, Twitter and uh, Spotify for my Divorce Not Dead podcast and Apple and all platforms for the podcast, obviously. Check out our podcast. It's a riot. You guys will love it. And we're about to do a swap so you can listen to me on it. I'm not sure the exact date, but look out for it. And until next week, you guys. This week's affirmation is, I am worthy of being loved just for who I am. And so it is. If you enjoyed this week's episode, do me a favor, follow along with us, leave a review. It means so much to me. There are new episodes of Recovering From Reality every Monday, and you can follow me on social at Recovering From Reality or visit my website, recoveringfromreality.com. 